welcome to the PsychoWise podcast. We explore how women can expand in pleasure and wisdom spanning all cycles and seasons of womanhood. This is a body-centered approach to living where your body is your personal resource for you to live as the woman you came here to be. I'm Indigo Moon, and if you want to turn on your cyclic woman and wisdom, if you want to become untamed and awake to your own power, then join me as we dive into all areas of embodied soulful living. Today we're talking about cervical dysplasia, also known as precancerous abnormal cells on the cervix. This is something that so many women discover that they have during a routine pap smear. In mild cases, it's often left to resolve on its own while being monitored to see if it advances. Otherwise, there are various medical treatments offered, such as procedures that laser, freeze, or surgically remove the abnormal cells. However, today we're talking about choosing an alternative route for healing. I've invited Noelani Love to share her experience with being diagnosed with stage 3 severe cervical dysplasia. After being bullied by an OBGYN to get surgery, she instead chose to listen to herself and find a way to heal holistically. Today's episode is in no way intended as medical advice or to say which treatment is right for every woman but rather encourage you with the inspiring story of one woman who found a path that was right for her and chose a holistic treatment with plant medicine. I believe these are important stories to share, especially because some women do experience unrecognized side effects from these more invasive medical procedures, such as changes in libido, ability to orgasm, an increase in risk of preterm labor, and feeling disconnected from their feminine center. Noelani Love is a life alchemist. She incorporates all her passions into creating her dream life and supports others to do the same. She's a mother, yogini, jewelry designer, musician, surfer, and a woman who dives heart first into life and believes in the healing power of our intentions. Welcome, Noelani. I'm so happy you're here to share your story. Oh, thank you so much. I so appreciate the introduction and I'm really excited to share this with other women who are interested in hearing about how to heal their bodies naturally. Yeah, so, so important. And I wanted to start by actually congratulating you on your healing journey because the way you showed up for yourself, it's always so inspiring to hear from someone who took responsibility for their own path and actually worked with their body as an ally in the healing process. So you did something pretty big and um, yeah, I want to honor that. Oh, thank you so much. I'm like smiling ear to ear. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, not a, I don't tell the story often. It, there's not really a platform to tell it. And so it hasn't, I haven't really shared it too many places. I've shared it with intimate friends. Um, and, you know, they're excited to hear. But yeah, I'm so excited to share this on a larger platform. So thank you so much for honoring me and inviting me to share this. Yeah, of course. I'm really grateful you're here. Do you want to start by taking us back to when you found out you had cervical dysplasia? How did that come about? Um, was it just at a checkup? Yeah, I'd be happy to share that with you. So I was... 18 years old, I believe, and I was a freshman in college in Virginia, and um, I just went to my routine pap smear at the school's health clinic, and they called me back and said, you have abnormal cells on your cervix, um, and at that time, I was like, well, I don't even know what that means. What's my cervix? Like, I didn't even really know what a pap smear was. I just knew I needed to go get it every year. Mm -hmm. um, and so she said, well, sometimes it's caused by HPV, but we're not really sure. And this was back in maybe the year 2001. 
So yeah, almost 20 years ago, um, they didn't know that abnormal cells were caused for sure by HPV. That's what she said, like maybe. Um, and she said, we're not really sure and let's just monitor it and watch it. And so then I went to my, uh, OBGYN back home in Charlotte, North Carolina for my next checkup and it had progressed and I got, um, I believe the LEAP procedure, like this was so long ago because this is almost half my life ago. Now I'm going to be 36. How old am I? <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm going to be 37 this year, actually. So yeah, this was half of my life ago. Um, and so I, I went to my OBGYN. I got the LEAP procedure where they just take a little bit off of the cervix to check it. It's more of like to do a biopsy, I guess, a biopsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for a series of years after that, it kept progressing and I just kept getting little leap procedures done. And then I believe they did like a technique where they freeze the cervical cells. Um, Mm -hmm. and I probably had that done like between the leaps and the freezing. I think they call it cryo freezing. That's what my brain wants to tell me right now. I don't even know if that's the term. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that's exactly what it's called. Okay. And, um, I probably had that done about four or five times between the leap and the cryo. And then let's see, I moved out to Hawaii when I was 22. And by that point it was, it was okay. Like I think I was fine at that point. And they were like, yeah, you're, you're, you're okay. And then I had another partner out here in Hawaii and I went to get my pap smear done and they said, oh, you have the abnormal cells again. They're squamous cells. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, well, we'll just watch it again. And so I went back a year later and they said, oh, it's progressing, uh, but we'll just watch it again. And then I became pregnant with my son at the age of 23. And um, I went to get a checkup. And they had said, well, you had abnormal cells on your cervix at your last checkup, and it was level two. Like, you really need to do something about it, but we can't do anything while you're pregnant. We don't want to disrupt the cervix now. So when you, it it could, these abnormal cells could slough off when you give birth, if that's possible. Mm -hmm. So check in after that. And, you know, after you give birth and see how that happens. And so I had a beautiful, natural birth at home with my son in the comfort Mm. of my home. It was amazing. And um, about a year later is when I decided to go back uh, to get checked for my pap smear just because it wasn't even in my mind. I didn't really realize how scary it could be or that it really could progress to cervical cancer. I wasn't really taught or educated about it very much. And Mm -hmm. um, so then I went to my OBGYN and she said, oh, you really need to get this surgery. It's, it's progressing. You're, you're basically at level three. Um, She explained what that meant. And she really scared me a lot. And I was Mm. like, I just don't know. Let me think about this. And, um, and at that point I was starting to dive more into natural medicine because I had had a home birth and before I was pregnant, I didn't even know what a home birth was. I was starting to hang out with, um, people that were introducing more holistic lifestyle to me. I was starting, starting to get massages and acupuncture and I didn't grow Mm. up, grow up like that. So that was pretty new for me. Um, and I started seeing a naturopath because, um, she was who had delivered my, my baby, my son, my midwife, uh, Dr. Lori Kimada. And so she was also kind of coaching me with the HPV and saying, well, you really need to decrease your, your sugar intake. Um, at the time I remember I was eating like granola and bananas and soy milk for breakfast every day. And she was like, that's way too much sugar to start your day with. And I had no idea. Like, I was like, Mm. really? That sounds like a good healthy breakfast to me. Uh, she's like, you need to up your, your intake of leafy greens, decrease gluten, 
decreased dairy and decreased sugar. So I just started with that. And um, I went back to the OBGYN. And again, she said, you need to get this surgery. I'm going to connect you with the specialist who does the surgery where they take a cone-shaped chunk out of your cervix. Mm. And I just thought in my in and I I was 25 at this time probably and I again didn't have much natural health advice or experience but intuitively my body said don't do that that is not a good idea and I asked her I said well what if I want to have another baby don't I want my cervix fully intact and she said don't worry about that we do this all the time it's a very standard procedure Many women have this issue, and this is how we go about taking care of it. And I just thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek an alternative remedy for this. There's got to be another way. Like, my body knows what to do if I tell it what to do and, and, and give it the right tools. Mm. And, yeah. So can I pause you there for a moment? Yes. Just yes. that, because that's a big thing, right? To pause and be like my body has the tools and oh actually my intuition is whispering hey this is not right those are all pretty big things to pause and slow down enough to hear when there's a doctor that is mm. is sharing what is also scary and i think is scary for most of us regardless of how much we work with our bodies and trust and all these things um that kind of fear appeals to all of us i think for good reason so can you share a little bit more what perhaps supported you in that? Was it you had that other support from your midwife, naturopath? Was that part of it? Was, was there an internal process around actually allowing yourself to listen to your intuition? Can you share more about that? Yeah. And again, it was so long ago, so I can't really say <laughs> yeah. like what exactly I was feeling. But I do know I was getting massages and acupuncture regularly. Mm. And I was seeing how, you know, how an hour and a half of massage would just make my body feel like a whole new person. I was seeing the effects of acupuncture and how that would affect my joints and how I would feel so much better after both of those. And so I, was, I knew that if I was given the right tools and educated myself enough about what to do, then I could figure out how to handle the situation in my body with my cervix. Mm. Um, and, and actually that's how I found out about this alternative remedy to heal the cervix from abnormal cells. Uh, my massage therapist, I don't think I had even told her about what was going on with my cervix because I wasn't very vocal about it. I think I remember being like very, um, maybe ashamed would be the word mm -hmm. that I had HPV and STD and I didn't want to talk about it with friends because yeah, I was ashamed that I had it and it wasn't something that I talked about or my friends talked about really. Yeah. And again, this was almost 20 years ago. So the conversations around sex that are happening now, I mean, 20 years ago, those weren't happening at all. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe they were, but definitely not in my circle. And I would say I was way more mainstream back then. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, yeah, the support from my naturopath and her saying, yeah, there's a, there's a way to heal this, as well as my massage therapist gave me a book that was written by another naturopath here on Oahu named Dr. Lori Steelsmith. And I believe the book is called Natural Women's Health, something very simple like that. And, uh, and so when she gave me the book, I was like, oh, maybe there's something about the cervix in here and HPV. And there was. I flipped to this chapter. It was all about women's reproductive health. And the chapter began with a woman named Leilani, which is another Hawaiian name, a very common Hawaiian name, a woman named Leilani who had cervical dysplasia and um, she healed it naturally through what's called an escharotic treatment. Mm. And I remember just reading her entire story, reading the whole chapter and being like, oh my gosh, 
this is me. I can do this. Like she did it. I can do it too. And so I called up Dr. Lori Steele Smith's office, set up an appointment, um, and went from there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I've, um, I didn't, I only learned about escharotic treatment not long ago and it is really inspiring when you, when you hear about how that works. Do you want to just paint the picture before we dive more into your healing journey, what that actually is? Yeah, absolutely. And before we dive into that, just to touch on your previous question, another aspect of my journey of listening to my body that I totally forgot to mention was getting into the practice of yoga. Mm. I had taken a couple of yoga classes in college and I was not in the space to want to sit on a mat or be on a mat and breathe and do postures. I was way too into partying and drinking and boys to even (laughs) care about yoga. (laughs) And um, once I became pregnant with my son and I was 23 at the time and didn't have a lot of friends who were getting pregnant, they were all still in party phase and Um, I remember being at a little natural cafe, natural foods cafe here on Oahu, and there was a sign for prenatal yoga. And I thought, oh, I'll go to prenatal yoga and I'll meet other pregnant women so I can make some friends that are pregnant. Like that was my tactic to go make (laughs) other friends that were pregnant because I needed to be able to have women around me that were tribe that resonated with what I was going through. And so I didn't care about the yoga at all. It was more about like socializing (laughs) and making friends. (laughs) And so that's what really began my yoga journey. And, um, and so I went to the prenatal yoga, loved it. And, uh, not just for the social aspect, but really just like feeling into my body and breathing and taking time to connect with my baby. That was really beautiful. And then after the prenatal yoga was mom and baby yoga, which was again, like once my breasts started squirting milk everywhere and I was just like this milkmaid all day and a zombie from no sleep, like I needed other women around me again that could resonate with with my story and I could connect with and see how they were doing things with this new baby that was like, how do we do this? And let's work together and let's help each other and support each other. So the mom and baby yoga was really great too. And just having that space where I could breathe, I could check in with my body. That was very uh, beneficial for me just listening to my body and learning how to listen to my body like oh that feels a little funny in my elbow or just taking that time that intentional time um absolutely what a big thing it is to actually acknowledge that you know hands on your body through massage gentle movement through yoga or yoga is not necessarily always gentle but it's intentional (laughs) um And so having that connection with your body, what a foundation that actually lays for our own relationship with ourselves and what that opens in terms of possibilities when we do face things that come up in our our bodies, Um, in your case, cervical dysplasia. But, you know, all of us will usually meet various challenges throughout our life. So just laying those blocks down of having practices that connect us to our bodies, to sensation, to inhabiting ourselves and the landscape we live in so we can hear those messages, like you say. Absolutely. I totally think that the yoga was a big part of my my journey of understanding and listening to my body. Mm, yeah. And it sounds like a really pivotal time in your life, actually, around um, you know your pregnancy, your birth, and connecting with your body in new ways. It sounds like a lot happened in that season of your life. <laughs> so much happened. I mean, I, I literally picked up everything I owned and left the East Coast and was like, I'm moving to Hawaii, making my dream of moving to Hawaii and being a surfer girl come true. And Um, and then shortly after found myself pregnant and it was like, well, how do I do this? Oh my gosh, I have a a human life inside of me that I need to learn how to take care of. And that's when my shift towards health began. I was like, I need to learn how to take care of my body so I can take care of this little human. And that's when I started learning about natural health and just learning all I could. 
and trying to surround myself with people that were interested in alternative health as well. Mm. I'm curious, just a little side question, and it's a little bit leading, I guess, but your birth, you, you know, you used the words that was empowering and empowering home birth. Did that also contribute to your relationship with your body being more respectful and kind of being in that listening place? I guess I'm wondering if your the birth itself also had a had an impact on how you led yourself into that journey of healing? Well, 100%. Absolutely. My home birth was so amazing. And afterwards, I just remember being like, Oh, my gosh, I am so powerful. Mm. My body, my body is amazing. And I can do anything. I just pushed this little mammal out of my vagina like <laughs> what that was yeah. incredible um <laughs> yeah and, and really like not just like my body but what I really find and what I think is that it activated my voice mm. because um for so long I was a pretty timid shy quiet person and through the birthing process to allow my body to open up and release this baby out, I was making such primal sounds that I didn't even know were inside of me. Um, <laughs> and, and it felt really good. That was the way for me to channel the pain into something that could be released out of my body was sound. And so that for me was what really activated my throat chakra and And I didn't play music or sing before that much really at all. And and then I became a singer and I love to sing now. So mm. I feel like it was it was an activation for both my feeling of empowerment, understanding how my body works and the power of my body along with the power of my voice. Mm, I love that. And there is a real connection between the cervix and a voice. And yes. so it does, it's not really so random. <laughs> There's yeah. a real nervous system connection. And also the two parts of the body actually look very similar. So that's really powerful. Yes, I've seen the diagrams of the larynx, like all, the whole throat, like inside of the throat, as well as the cervix and the, the yoni, the vaginal canal, like how similar they look in the structure. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And midwives actually say when when this is tight, when your your mouth and your face and your lips are tight, then your cervix is tight. And yeah. so when your mouth is open and loose in the birth process, your cervix is open. So there's a big correlation there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So to get back into the escherotic treatment. Yeah. Um, so you booked your appointment and I booked what, my appointment. what happened? I was so nervous because uh, at the time I also had just gone through a divorce with my son's father and was um, 100% reliant on my own finances to take care of myself and uh, my child. And I knew that my insurance did not accept this naturopathic doctor as treatment. And so I was going to have to cover it out of pocket. And so the, the main doctor, Dr. Lori Steelsmith, she had interns, resident interns that you could also see for uh, a lower price. And so I selected um, to go with one of her residents and for like, I think it was like half price. And uh, I went in for the appointment and I just fell in love with this young doctor. She was my age and she also had gone through the escherotic treatment with her cervix um, and so I just really resonated with her right off the bat. And she was like, Oh, we're going to heal you right up. No worries. I went through this too. She totally normalized it and mm. made me feel like a hundred percent. We got this. Your body knows what to do and there's no problem at all. And I just couldn't even believe like the difference in opinions and perspectives from my 
Western medical OBGYN versus this more holistic approach with my naturopath. Um, And then the lack of knowledge and education on the OBGYN side of other options. Uh, Because when I did tell my OBGYN, I've decided to do this alternative treatment. It's called an escharotic treatment. Have you ever heard of it? She said, no. She said, she, she almost told me I was going to die from cervical cancer. And I don't remember the words, but she basically was like, good luck with that. I'm I'm sure I'll see you back here because that's Hmm. not going to work. And And that's just just like, that's really, that's not, I'm fine. Like that's a little bit unethical to me because words are powerful. Like so powerful. That's a really big deal to me when like a doctor chooses to speak to you in that way. Yeah. And she was a great doctor. Like I don't want to discredit her at all because she was so diligent in her work on my cervix. Like the way she would, uh, I think she would spray it with vinegar. Is that what they put on it? Yeah. 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 So she would put vinegar on my cervix when with the speculum and like shine the light and then she could see what was going on up there and she would take these beautiful like drawings she would show me the drawings like this is how much you have on your cervix this is what we need to take care of like she was very diligent mm. very good at her work and very well trained but she was only trained in that yeah um so again I don't want to discredit her she was doing her job to the best of her ability and the way that she was trained with her medical schooling and the, the current system that is mm, um, I hear that. yeah yeah and so um so then when I again when I went to the naturopath she was like we got you this is gonna be great she's like we're gonna do four weeks of treatment I need you to come in twice a week for about an hour and a half And we're going to put you on a bunch of supplements, natural supplements, such as green tea. Um, I think it was vitamin A. What else? Cordyceps mushrooms, which are very antiviral. Um, I'm trying to remember what else. Those are the top three that I definitely remember. I believe I had some kind of green powder mixture that they wanted me to take so that I had a lot of... Oh, it was folic acid. I had to Mm. take folic acid. And then she highly recommended certain foods that I needed to intake that I had never even heard of, like azuki beans, um, quinoa instead of rice, like really focusing on a whole, a whole foods diet. Mm. And so taking all the processed foods out of my diet and really focusing on whole foods. So, uh, I remember being, what else was, um, not kidney beans, black beans. She told me black beans, azuki beans, quinoa, kale, leafy greens, spinach. And this is before the whole kale craze happened too. (laughs) So I was like, what's kale? Where do I get kale? Um, And then I, you know, I started to eat more collards and kale and all of the things that she was recommending. And I learned how to cook as well through this process because I was like, I have to learn how to make these different foods. And it was really fun. And Um, so I did, I went in twice a week for four weeks in a row and we would start off, um, just by talking and she was an acupuncturist as well. So she knew how to just like bring and hold space for someone. Like she would kind of massage my legs before I would open up my legs and put them in the stirrups so that she could stick a speculum in me. It wasn't like, okay, Mm. we're going to put this KY jelly in and now it's going in. It was like, she would just gently massage me and, nurture me and honor my body so that I could relax and soften and open up my vagina mm-hmm. and then stick a speculum in and she would put bromelain on my cervix, uh, a little bromelain solution. And bromelain is what comes, it comes from pineapples. So, you know, when you eat too much pineapple and your lips are kind of like tender or mm-hmm. maybe even burning, from that, it's because there's been a little layer of skin or skin tissue. The outer layer has been sloughed off. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's what bromelain does. So that's what the bromelain did to my cervix was it sloughed off the outer layer of the skin tissue on my cervix. And this is actually, there's some videos on YouTube if you want to like 
for listeners that might want to go look more into the escharotic treatment afterwards because it's very fascinating to see how this works and how quickly the body responds to actually release these cells. It's it's um, fascinating, <laughs> really. Yeah, I would love to see that. I haven't even, I didn't even know that that was available on YouTube. I, I'm definitely going to check that out. There's a bit of everything um, on YouTube. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, so that she would put the, the bromelain on first and then she would shine a light um, up into my vagina, like through the speculum to mm-hmm. activate it even more because the heat activated it mm. and it felt like a little tingling sensation. And this is where I brought in my the breathing I learned from yoga, just deep meditative breathing, just focus on the breath, just be present with each breath. Um, and I wouldn't say it was painful at all. It was more of just like a tingling, like, oh, there's something happening down there inside of me. And so after that, I think she left it on for about 10 or 15 minutes each session. And then she would wash it off with some kind of solution. I'm not sure exactly. And then she would put another solution on my cervix that activated healthy cell growth. And I don't remember exactly what that is, but I'm sure if you look up escharotic treatment, and you may know. I don't um, know. Okay. I believe it was something with Thuja, T-H-U-J-A, and it might be pronounced Thuja if it's a Spanish word. Mm -hmm. Um, For some reason that herb wants to come into my brain right now as well. Uh, But she put on another solution that was, again, to inspire healthy cell growth in the the cervix. And she would leave that on there. Um, And then from there, she would put a suppository in as well, so that I would just wear that throughout the day. And I had suppositories that I would do every night that also had the thuja in them. And calendula. Calendula was a big part of it, I remember, as well. Mm. Um, and so I went in twice a week for the four weeks. I was taking my supplements. I was doing my suppositories. And after four weeks of treatment, I got my um, my pap smear. And... They were like, you're all good. You're great. Wow. You have no more HPV. You have no more abnormal cells. And your body has healed itself. Wow. Do you remember (laughs) that moment? That must have been spectacular. It was amazing. I remember even like being just like, are you sure? Like, are you sure this is real? And I remember doubting in my head, like, there's no way like that that really actually worked because... I had been so fearful based on what my OBGYN said. So I immediately actually set up an appointment with my other OBGYN that was covered by insurance because I was like, I just want to get the double check like from the Western perspective. And uh, so I went and got my uh, pap smear with my OBGYN who had since retired. So I actually, when I went to meet with her, they said, oh, I forget her name. She retired and now we have a new doctor who you're going to see. And I was like, interesting. Like, like, and I, and I, I wanted to get in touch with her to let her know like, Hey, I've done this. I'd like to see, but that wasn't a possibility. They said, no, we can't put you in touch with the doctor. She no longer works here. I said, Mm -hmm. okay. And so I went and saw the new doctor and, um, I remember talking with her before I had the paps or after I had the pap smear, but before we got the results and I told her what I'd done with escharotic treatment. She said, well, I'm really glad that you went to do that because one of my best friends actually also had the cone procedure done to her cervix. And at 35 weeks gestation during her pregnancy, she had to be put on bed rest because her cervix couldn't keep her uterus yeah. Like closed. Yeah. And I I thought to myself, oh my gosh, that's exactly what my biggest fear was from getting the cone procedure. But nobody told me that. I didn't read it anywhere. It was just like my body saying, No, you don't want to do that because if you want to have another baby, you need your cervix whole and fully intact. Yeah, it's a pretty significant increase. I forget how much it is, but it's a very significant increase in risk of preterm labor and 
I've never actually heard a woman that like shared that she was warned about this um, before she got the treatment. So yeah. I don't, I'm not saying that, of course, I'm sure there are some doctors that, you know, do their due diligence and, and share those risks, but there's definitely a lot that don't and really tend to minimize that these types of invasive procedures can have a cost to, to women's bodies. And that's not to say that there's not a place for it. That's a really personal decision for each woman to find out for herself. But information is so important when mm-hmm. we are making those decisions. And that like that information is key for us to really be able to take responsibility and feel in is this a risk that I'm willing to take? Does this feel appropriate for me, given what I know? So without that information, you're really not given a fair chance in in making the decision that's right for you. Yeah, I remember doing a lot of research too before I saw the naturopath and and being curious, like how how else could I heal this? Is there another way? And there was not a lot of information at all about HPV and the cervix and cervical dysplasia. Um, and so I remember just thinking when my OBGYN had told me that I needed to get the cone procedure before I had my escharotic treatment, I remember thinking like, my cervix is so small. And like, if you do anything to alter its size, like that's going to really affect everything within my reproductive system. Somehow it's got to have an effect. Yeah. And and she was like, nope, this is what we do. This is this is just how it's done. Like, there's no other option. Um, and so, yeah, I just, so after I saw my OBGYN the second round after I'd already been healed by my naturopath and my results came back negative for my pap smear, which is a good thing. You don't want a positive pap smear. You want a negative pap smear. Yeah. I just remember being like, oh my gosh, it actually happened. Like I did that. I'm again, I'm so powerful. My body is so intuitive and amazing. And it's just incredible how it responded to this plant medicine that was provided to it. And it said, oh yeah, let's get rid of these cells. We don't want it. We just, we needed that support with that plant. Yeah. And, and now we know what to do. We want the healthy cells to grow. We just needed a little bit. We needed the right environment to create that. And cutting out the sugar, cutting out dairy, cutting out wheat was huge as well because providing a more alkaline body, I really believe, also helped to create a system where my body could thrive and heal. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you've spoken beautifully to that there were many layers in this healing process that there was support from practitioners that really also had trust in it and guided the way. There was real um, plant medicine that was applied to the body. Your body was given direct medicine to where it was needed. There was diet, so your body was you know, fueled with nutrition and um, not slowed down with the type of food that doesn't really nourish our bodies. And you were listening to yourself, you were nourishing yourself, you were taking responsibility for your own journey. And there's so much in that. There's so much more than just that you showed up with that natural practitioner, you were doing so much work. And I'm wondering, I guess, within that, the journey of doing that work, For some people, you know, we're all different when it comes to applying um, natural practices, natural medicine. Did it feel challenging for you? Were you just kind of like, I'm just going to give it all for four weeks? What was your mindset, your inner journey around sort of showing up fully? Because it sounds like you did quite a bit in those four weeks, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, showing up fully. It was hard. It was really hard because, again, I didn't have like a strong sense of community when I first moved to the island. Um, and then when I did, I was more in party mode. So I had to really restructure all of the like support systems around me, myself, like I had to take action, like, I want to hang out with more people that do yoga. I want to hang out with more people that are interested in healthy lifestyle and healthy eating. And so I had to really seek those 
connections and they came. Um, but it was, it was hard to put myself out there because I was creating a new identity for myself that was really different than what I was used to, than what my friends and my family were used to. And they all kind of started to like, look at me like I was weird. Like, why are you not going to eat the apple pie at the potluck anymore? Like, Mm. like why, why won't you join us in, you know, having some drinks and like, it was, it was hard because people were like, why are you doing yoga now? Like, are you becoming a Hindu? Like, it was just like, it was, um, it was confronting for a lot of people because the changes that I had to make were so big and so rapid. Um, and so it was very isolating in a way, but at the same time, I knew that I just needed to take care of my body and that like the systems that are set up in place currently in our society don't really serve a healthy lifestyle. And that if I really wanted to feel good the rest of my life, I needed to take ownership of that. Um, And it also became really fun. The more I learned about how to cook healthy meals, I became empowered. I realized it was fun and the food tasted delicious and my body felt really good. And, um, and I started to make new friendships and, people would share their recipes with me and that became exciting. It was something new and exciting, new and creative. And, uh, so yeah, it was, it was definitely a challenging time, but also inspiring and interesting because there was a newness in it, but I had a really difficult time with my family. I would say the most just because I think because I was doing things so differently than the way I was raised, my parents kind of took it personally in Mm. that they felt like I was judging them for doing something wrong um, rather than um, being open to me just trying new things, if that makes sense. And, and it was, it was hard, especially for my mother because I wasn't eating the recipes that she had that I had grown up with. Um, and I was saying, Oh, I'm, I'm eating this. It's really delicious. If you want to try it. And they just be like, Nope, Nope. I don't want to yeah. do that. And, and it's been a beautiful journey though, because slowly I've introduced alternative foods and yoga to my parents and my uh, brother and sister. My brother was already doing yoga before that, but now my sister's done her yoga teacher training and loves to eat healthy. And my mom's sending me all these recipes that she loves to make with my dad that are healthy, and they love to do yoga now. They go on yoga dates. So oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So again, it was really hard though, and they I felt really isolated and separate from them. Yeah. But with slow introduction and loving introduction to these new things. Um, then they've slowly shifted and now they love it too. And my parents are 66 and 67 and they're so healthy. Like people look at my parents and they're like, how are your parents that old? They look like they, they're in their fifties. And, um, I think it's really because they, they care about their health and, and not that they didn't before they've, they've always been very, tried to be healthy, but, um, I think the yoga has definitely helped them a lot and the healthy eating has helped them a lot too. So mm. so your healing yeah. journey became kind of a bit of their healing journey as well, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I love that. And it also speaks to, I think, you know, these are very um, tangible things that your family incorporated themselves, but even on the more subtle layer the work we do on ourselves, you know, it ripples into our families and our family lines. And sometimes it's not so obvious, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely beyond um, just for ourselves, I think, on a deeper layer. Yeah, yeah. And I think they were noticing too, like the shifts in my personality and like who I was becoming. And that was they were inspired by that too. Again, I, I told you I was a very shy and timid girl and um, I think they were also seeing how the yoga was making me a more peaceful, happy human. <laughs> and they yeah. were like, there's something up with this yoga thing because it's <laughs> working for her. So we want some yeah. of that. 
<laughs> yeah. I yeah. love that. I'm curious in terms of you had quite the journey with quite a few invasive procedures earlier on with your initial abnormal pap smears. And then you went through this journey with um, a much more loving, holistic approach. Did that feel like a bit of healing and building a bridge to connecting much deeper with your feminine center, like with your woman in landscape, kind of building a bridge to inhabiting your yoni, your cervix in a different way? Was that a layer to it that you felt kind of blossomed from that journey? Ooh, I had never even considered that until you just mentioned it. But absolutely, I just, I remember my connection with my naturopath was so sweet and so pure. And she was so encouraging and not shameful at all. And just really um, inspiring, educational, and like normalized everything about being a woman with this condition. Whereas before, I was kind of just treated like a subject um, or an object, rather, like, oh, we have to deal with this. Mm. And it it wasn't even like I was a person with, like, feelings or emotions. And um, so I would definitely say going through this experience activated my sense of femininity and and being okay with being a woman with this experience before it was it was so shameful like oh I have this problem and I have to deal with it and they don't even really know what it's from because again at that time in my um my late teens they couldn't even verify that it was from HPV and I there wasn't even a test for HPV back then Mm. and I, I guess like the pap smear is the test for HPV, but I remember reading in a brochure in college once I found out I had abnormal cells that it said the abnormal pap smears are, are maybe perhaps linked to HPV. And I just remember thinking, do I have an STD? And my OBGYN couldn't answer that question for me. And so I was kind of confused, like, what is this from? But I kind of think I have an STD, but I can't talk about it with anybody because they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really hard. And then once it was confirmed, it was like, oh, wow, like, I really need to be careful. I can't just have unprotected sex, even though I'm on the pill. Like, STDs are real, and they can happen to anybody. Mm. Yeah. So also like a layer of really understanding your body and, and another layer of really lovingly protecting your body space. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with this, you know, this understanding that there are alternative ways that to treat HPV, if that was more mainstream, then so many women would be able to, again, have that connection to their bodies, know and understand the power to heal naturally that our bodies have, along with perhaps lowering the rate of um, preterm labors as well as increase the rate of orgasms. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, that those procedures like can just be really invasive as well. So they can lead to a lot of disconnection and that's not every woman, you know, we all kind of process these experiences differently, but how we receive our healthcare is is so important, and when it can be done with so much more um, loving, holistic practices, you know that's that's such a beautiful gift. And and hearing that's why I wanted you on because hearing your story is so inspiring, and hearing that journey that you made through these abnormal pap smears, these different processes, these different procedures, and then having what is really amazing turnaround in four weeks is mm-hmm. just so inspiring. And then think about all the things you gained in that process. <laughs> so much. So much. Yeah. And back to your question about, you know, did this help me connect with my femininity? I hadn't like really been in touch with my feminine parts um, at all before this. Like I didn't masturbate. I was just like, it was just this other, it was just like, I would have sex with my partners and like, 
it wasn't something that I really felt connected to before that. But when I had to learn how to put like the suppositories like all the way up and like feel my cervix, like that's when I started to get in touch, like, oh, that's what my cervix feels like inside of me. And oh, like this is really interesting and it feels really great up there. Like what a beautiful space and like really intentionally being like considering the thought of, okay, this is this suppository and this plant medicine that's inside of the suppository is going to heal my body. Like, okay, we're doing this body. We got this. Like, Mm. let's do the work while I'm sleeping because I would I would put in suppositories every night while I was asleep. So it, it was a, it was magical. And to just, I'm so grateful that you've asked me to share this story because again, I don't share it a lot and I would love to inspire other women to be able to have this experience as an alternative to the medical procedure of taking a chunk out of your cervix. And it was, yeah, incredibly inspiring. And it's, it's really amazing to think how simple it was in yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Like it wasn't like this giant surgery. Again, I did have to make a lot of lifestyle changes, but if you're willing to do the work, then it's, it's totally worth it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just so, I don't know, to me, it just sound, of course, I completely honor the, the real work that it is to do that. But I just think about how much you really get from that, like such a loving relationship to your body. And the thing is with our bodies, I often think that, you know, there's so much within our womanly landscape and it's kind of just waiting for us to listen and tune in to all that's there. So when we do these practices that do get our own hands on our own bodies, that do get us to slow down to listen and really feel our feminine center, it is so huge. And I often feel like our bodies are just like, (gasps) finally, (laughs) I've been waiting for you. Thank you for coming. Let's do juicy, pleasurable, amazing things together. And I will guide you. Yes, absolutely. And I think like you, I think you mentioned this earlier, but just that experience alone, it had a major ripple effect on just my personality and my understanding of life in that I feel that I can do so much because of, because I overcame that. Yeah. And, and it's just rippled out into like me being the woman that I am today, who I'm less fearful of things than I think I would have been in the past and willing to take more chances and really follow my dreams. Like I can do anything. My body's amazing. And I, I, I'm incredible as a human, like this human body that I get to live in is a miracle. And to have overcome that really exemplifies what is possible Mm, yes I'm just smiling hearing you talk because (laughs) it's so beautiful and do you feel as well like your creativity blossomed a bit from this journey because I mean from the outside um we just connected on Instagram not long ago but you you seem like such a creative powerhouse you're creating so much in your life um, in terms of your business and your, um, your creating a life that feels really nourishing and exciting to you. So was that also something you felt connected to that? Because that's something that feels so rooted in our feminine sense. We really get to access that creative power for living and leading life like the woman we came here to be. Yes, absolutely. I do feel that my creative power was activated with that. I began designing so much new jewelry right after this happened. I started playing the ukulele and singing. I um, had like my most successful or not my most successful, but I began to become way more successful in my business because I was so creative and, Mm. and really just loving the experience of being a woman in business, like I am powerful and let's create and let's make magic happen with this. I began to do, to create vision boards right after that. 
and really calling in so many things that I would wanted in my life um, to happen. And I do feel that because, well, in the yogic philosophy, our second chakra is our creative force with our, where, which is where our reproductive organs are located. And I think just coming to a place of healing with that, being more in touch with that space in my body activated that sense of creativity with all that I do. Mm. Yeah. And now it's there for you to access forever mm-hmm. and ever. <laughs> yeah. And now I get to activate it in different ways that where I feel empowered. And, and that I would say is like just through making love, like as, as I'm making love, I'm like, oh, we're activating this portal of creativity. What's the intention? Mm. What are we creating here? And not, not babies at this time, but other experiences in life or goals with my business or new connections with humans or the podcast that I'm creating, whatever it is that that I'm focusing on. Yeah. And that's the beauty and power of our feminine centered like that creative energy can certainly make magical humans. And I mean, I just gave birth five months ago. Mm. That's very magical. Mm-hmm. But besides that, like that is there for us to have resource to how we navigate life. It's a resource for us to come into alignment with our inner woman, to come into alignment with the woman we came here to be. And all that sexual, creative, sensual energy, it's healing and it's there to support us. And it's so much more than making babies. Mm -hmm. And it's all available to us through learning how to activate our womanly landscape and really tap into this and have these real tangible resources that our bodies actually contain and provide for us which just never ceases to amaze me yeah yeah it's it's amazing our bodies are amazing and just incredible I feel really grateful every day to have this human experience and to be in this body and it's really taught me Honestly, the whole experience has taught me about self-love, how it's so important to just love yourself and to appreciate your body for what it is and to honor it and not just the physical body, but your heart, your mind, your spirit. Like we've been gifted this experience and what, what we choose to do every day is going to create this experience. It's all, it all begins with our own thoughts, our own words Mm. and our actions. And we are powerful beings. And it's not this, this sacred mission in life is not to be taken lightly, although it it is meant to be taken lightly. That's like the, (laughs) the duality of it, like, enjoy it, love it. And, but also honor it and consider it sacred. Yeah. Mm, I'm glad you brought in those words of self-love. That that feels really, really important Yeah. Um, to bring that in. And yeah, I just felt like my, my body resonated with that when you said that. Mm-hmm. Especially as a new mom, like taking time mm-hmm. for you to remember who you are without a baby in your arms is really key. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's where, you know... That's where the power is in doing a lot of this work before we actually arrive to motherhood, if we choose to arrive at motherhood, because then we can lean on to them to just kind of support us because it can be a little bit hard to start doing new things <laughs> in early motherhood, not impossible. But yeah. um, but working with our feminine center for years gives us a place, I find, to arrive in motherhood with that support and a place to tap into that um, can support us through those transformations. And it goes beyond that. Then it's also our transformation through through anything that happens in life where we do need our feminine center to guide us and a real sanctuary to lean into when life feels like a lot or we feel like we've wavered off our path or when we hit these huge changes in our life, when we meet menopause, there are so many transformations throughout our life and our feminine center is really there to support us through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So 
in in closing i mean you've said so much already so much beauty and um, and inspiration but i'm wondering are there any words you just feel like um sharing or speaking directly to the woman that has maybe more recently received a diagnosis of an abnormal pap smear or cervical dysplasia and is sitting in that space because I think there's so much in choosing a different route mm-hmm. absolutely it's a big thing it's a really big thing yeah I would say to any woman who has been diagnosed with cervical dysplasia to see different um, doctors if possible if it's possible to see you know, what different doctors have to say. If you can see a naturopath, definitely go see a naturopath, particularly ones who know what escharotic treatment is and are able to offer that as a service to their clients. And escharotic, I believe it's spelled E-S-C-H-A-R-O-T-I-C, treatment for those of you who are curious. Uh, and and research escharotic treatment. Read stories of other women who have done this. And if there's any videos out there, like watch their stories, listen to them, so that you know that you can do that too, and you can be a part of your healing journey. Because it's so empowering when you listen to your body and you allow your body to heal naturally. You, I I can't speak for you, but I feel so empowered from this experience and I hope to inspire other women to feel empowered and not just to heal your cervix, but to create the life that you want to live. Mm. Yeah. What does that look like and how can you allow yourself to be a part of this journey through life as your own hero, your own hero, like heroine, you are the master of your reality and you choosing different routes is what's going to get you to where you want to be. And it's, it can be very challenging if you're going against the mainstream, but know that there are other people out there like you who are also doing this work so you can find them and call them in. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate those words ringing out um, Mm -hmm. to every woman listening. Will you tell us how people can find you and learn more about all the things you create in the world? Yes, absolutely. So my Instagram is where I would say I'm most active. It's Noelani Love, N-O-E-L-A-N-I, Love is my last name. And I also have a YouTube channel, Noelani Love as well. And you can find my music on there as well as my some videos I've made about natural health as well as my first podcast which is all about orgasmic birth and uh, my other Instagram for my business is Noelani Hawaii and you can find my website Noelani Hawaii as well which mostly features my jewelry designs and my custom aromatherapy blends that I've created as well Mm, thank you Mm -hmm. So it's time to complete our conversation for today and don't know about you at home listening, but I'm feeling very soft, very inspired and just very encouraged by hearing Noelani's story of listening to her body and creating a holistic healing path that feels really respectful to me and I'm sitting with the beauty of that. And the cervix is what I think of as quite the goddessy structure within our feminine center. And I hope to bring you more juicy conversations on working with this part of your womanly landscape. Please go get in touch with Noilani. She shares so much beauty. And if you want to leave a comment or feedback for this episode, you can go to my website and find the page for this episode at indigomoonanamark.com forward slash psychowise. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And of course, all the links will be in the show notes. So everything that Noelani mentioned and the links to find her will be there. So it'll be nice and easy. 
So thank you so much for coming on today, Noelani. It's been a real pleasure. I was full of smiles and I'm feeling a little bit softer in my body after talking. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you and blessings to all the listeners out there. And feel free to get in touch with me if you have any questions. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in this episode of PsychoWise. If you would like to share a comment or a question related to this episode, please visit the episode link in the show notes where you can submit your feedback or question, as well as read comments from other women listening with you. We're so much stronger together. I'm Indigo Moon Anamark. Until next time, I'm sending you love from my inner woman to yours.